Uh, last week we talked about uh, part of our vision statement, spiritually healthy leaders. Today we're going to be looking at spiritually healthy families. And we're going to be doing so by looking at Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 to 21. And so if you want to find your way there, uh, I would appreciate that. Uh, Philippians 3.17. And before we, before we get there, I want to um, just share a, a little humorous story that, that happened as sort of a, a way of explanation as we get started. About a, <clears throat> I guess about almost a year ago, I was at a Wendy's drive-thru. I, I don't know about you, but I actually love Wendy's, uh, little Frosties, etc. And I was going through the drive-thru and I had ordered the $5 biggie bag. Um, and the reason I remember that is it was $5. So with taxes, something in the neighborhood of $5.41. And I remember it as I was waiting in line thinking, I think I have exact change. And so I'm digging around in my coin cup and I find 41 cents and I had a $5 bill. And so I've got the 41 cents in my left hand and I get up to the window and he confirms you had the biggie bag. I'm like, yes, I did. He said, that's 541. And so I hold out the change um, like this to give to him and I notice immediately he is confused. And what happens next is the most awkward, slowest fist bump that I've ever been a part of. He, he's looking at my hand and just fist bumps me, and then I just turn it over, and there's the money in my hand, and we just have a good laugh. And he says, man, I thought you were coming with a whole different vibe today. And I, I said, I'm sorry to disappoint, but, you know, sometimes... A misunderstanding can be humorous, like at the Wendy's drive-thru. But as we talk about what it means to be spiritually healthy families, I don't want us to have a misunderstanding that is not humorous, but a misunderstanding that could lead to hurt. And so when we start this morning, I just want to give some definition to when I'm talking about a spiritually healthy family, that definition of family can be where we can sometimes have a misunderstanding. I just want you to understand that this morning as we're talking about spiritually healthy families, yes, I am talking about families that have mom, dad, and kids, but I'm also talking about families that are a blended family. I'm also talking about families that are maybe a single parent with children. I'm also talking about families that maybe are just a husband and wife and no children or husband and wife with empty nesting or maybe just single for whatever that may be. And maybe when I talk about family today, I want you to think in your mind, what does family for you fit like? If you're here single for whatever, whatever reason, maybe you're thinking, okay, I have an extended family that is close to me, and I'm thinking in that way. Or, or maybe for many of you, it may be I don't really have extended family close, but for me, at this point in my life, my life group is my family. And what I'm saying is, is though I may use some examples today that sort of describe a, a, a two-parent home with children, I'm 
not to the exclusion or to a misunderstanding that what we want for you is however you feel like family fits for you, is that you have a spiritually healthy family. Does that make sense? And so as we're talking about families, I don't want to have a misunderstanding that leads to hurt. What I want is that it is a desire for all of us to step forward to see our families become more spiritually healthy by the end of 2024 than we began. And with that, let me read Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 to 21. It says this, Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I've often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and their glory in their or and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Now, this passage, Paul is writing to a church in Philippi, and he begins this statement by saying, brothers or brethren. And what I love about this, to my point a moment ago, Paul, from everything we understand from Scripture, was a single man. And he defined family as his spiritual family. And so he says, brothers, imitate or be a fellow imitator with me. Imitate me and follow the examples of others who walk in Christ. And so this morning as we think about what it means to have spiritually healthy families, I've got just a couple of points we're going to make from this passage. Number one, spiritually healthy families need at least someone committed to leading the way. Spiritually healthy families need at least someone in the household who is willing to say, follow my example. And Paul is telling these brothers in Christ, imitate me. I remember when I was uh, in college and I was sort of really beginning to read the word for myself and and growing um, in, in my knowledge of the word. And I came across passages where Paul would say something like this, imitate me. And I remembered my initial reaction was, how arrogant is this guy? But see, the reality is is that if you read all of Philippians, he is not arrogant at all. In fact, just a few verses earlier, he would say, I am pressing on towards the goal. I'm not saying I've made it yet. I'm far from it, but I am pressing on towards the prize. Even before that, he says, all the things that I used to consider as valuable before God is garbage before him. The only thing I have to cling to is Christ himself. Um, Paul would say of himself, I am the chief of all 
sinners. And so Paul is not saying, hey, look at me. I have mastered this. I am perfect. I never make any mistakes. But what he is saying is, if you need someone who's committed to following Jesus, and you just need to know what that looks like with human flesh on, follow me. Imitate me. In every household that wants to be spiritually healthy needs at least one person in that household who will say, imitate me, join me, follow my example. I will help set the pace. We, we need that. Like we're here in January and New Year's resolutions have for many come and, and gone, haven't they? I saw a, uh, a little meme uh, on social media this week that I just thought was so funny. Um, uh, the caption read, somebody made a hard decision about their New Year's resolution today. And the picture was at a grocery store where someone had taken two, like, five or ten-pound dumbbells and just put them on the shelf where the Oreos were and took a stack of Oreos Somebody made a hard decision about their New Year's resolution that day. Nah. And for me, my desire for us this year, as a church family and as individual households, is that our commitment to following Christ as spiritually healthy families would at least last long enough to get out of the store. And what that takes is someone in the household saying, I will be committed. Now, it's great. It's better if there are multiplied numbers, if it's, if it's multiple people in a, in a home that are committed. But you got to have at least one who will say, follow my example, which means Sunday morning, getting up and getting everybody else up and going for worship. It means at home during the week, breaking the awkward silence and saying, hey, let's pray together as a family today or as a couple or as roommates or whatever your situation might be. And you just say, I am committed to this. We're going to be based in God's word. We're going to give financially. We're going to serve. We're going to worship him not just on Sundays, but every day. And if you need an example, follow me. Now, if I could speak bluntly for a moment, ideally, ideally the person that would do this would be the head of the household in every home. Um, ideally, again, that would be if there is uh, a, a husband or a father in the home, that they would be the one to say, follow me. And I pray that if that lands on you today, that you would pray and be committed to saying to your family, to your wife, to your children, this year, I just want you to know, if you need to know what it looks like to follow God, I'm not going to be perfect, but you can follow my example. But at the same time, we do not live in an ideal world. And so it could be, it could be that it's a, it's a student in the home that says, 
I'll be the one committed for the spiritual health of my family. It could be that it's a mom or a wife, or it could be that you're um, you know, single parent. And it, whatever your scenario, we, we need a head of household, ideally, who would say, I will be who we can follow. I will be committed for the spiritual health of my family. Because what happens sometimes is if no one is willing to stake out and step up and say, I'll take the lead, then everybody's looking for someone else to lead and nothing happens. It's the reason that like on a Saturday night when it's thinking about Sunday morning, if there's not someone that's saying, hey, we got to get you know, the clothes laid out or set your alarm, we're going to church, and everybody's going, well, if they don't say it, then I'm not going to say it. And then the next thing you know, you're waking up at 1 o'clock. And, and we try our best. we got three services that you can come to even if you sleep in a little bit. Does this make sense? If we're going to have spiritually healthy homes, it begins with each household saying, who will lead? Who will stay committed? Paul says, not in arrogance, he's actually putting himself out there to put a target on his back by saying, imitate me. Which means I know you're watching me, I know you're looking at me, and I know there's a lot of pressure with that, but I am willing to take that if it means that my church family will be spiritually healthy. The second thing that we need to do if we want to have spiritually healthy families this year is number two, spiritually healthy families need to monitor the influences that impact their home. Spiritually healthy families need to monitor the influences that are impacting their home. In this passage, Paul then says, um, not only following my example, but look to others who are also walking in the same way. And then he goes into this part where he says, because there are other examples or influences and he goes, and I've told you this before, and I'm even telling you this right now in tears, that there are enemies of the cross, enemies of the way seeking to influence the church and influence the families within the church. And he says, you can know who they are because their end is destruction, their appetite is their God things that they should be ashamed of, they're hyping up as the thing that they should receive glory for. Their mind is strictly on earthly things. I thought this morning, um, you know, during the week as I was preparing and planning, I thought, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to search for some common influences in our world and, and read some of them or... or um, or, or just sort of explain them. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to get uh, one of the top songs from 2023 and read some of the lyrics. And I, I would be ashamed to read some of the lyrics from the top 10 songs from the billboard of 2023. And so I thought, okay, okay, I can't, I'm not going to do that. And I thought, well, let me, let me, you know, use this new term, this new thing, influencers. I'm going to look up the top 10 influencers in the United States, and um, I quickly had to shut that down because it was too many scantily clad women 
um, that were popping up on the Google machine. And I thought, that's not going to be good for me. Or uh, we're not definitely not going to show that on the screen this morning. So I thought, okay, I can't use the top songs that are influencing us. I can't use the so-called top 10 influencers to influence us. And I, I just thought, wow, that's already an example in itself is that the very things that commonly influence culture, the, the, the role models or the, the idols or the icons that we look at are giving messages where, let's be honest, the thing that before a holy God should bring them shame, they're holding up and glorifying it. And they're doing that through song, through media, through social media. It does not we don't have to look far for low-hanging fruit of an example of those type of influences, do we? You even begin to look in the world of religious leadership. And man, it's not too hard to find examples of those who their appetite is driving them, not Christ. A fuel for greed a fuel for sexual pleasure and admissibility, a fuel for pride in their name to be made known. And Paul says, it is with tears as I look at you, my spiritual family, that I say, be aware, beware of those who start with an earthly mindset. And the marker of them is that uh, I think I have here, I, I, this was a quote from somebody I read this week, that their wretched conduct before God is their highest point of celebration. And if we want to have spiritually healthy families, we need to begin to be a little bit more discerning in the influences that are coming in and upon our home. And that can be anything from a daytime soap opera novella and the garbage that is espoused from that to something that seems as innocent as the golden bachelor. I don't know why we get surprised or upset when these bachelor type shows or these taking a bunch of people to some island shows and they get together and then in the news within six months they're broken apart or within two years. I'm like, oh, I really thought they were going to make it. I, I, I marvel that we would be shocked at their dating approach that led to an outcome that we would go, yeah, that's going to last. See, that is taking the appetite of our bellies and the thing that would stand before God as shame and promoting it as family television at 7 p.m. And I don't mean to just pick on one or two shows. We could just keep listing them, and then we'd all have our foot stepped on this morning, myself included. But what does it look like with the influences that are coming into our home? I know like in my own home, um, I know not everybody even still has the uh, you know, cable or whatever to watch commercials. But when we're watching a television show as a family or football as a family or whatever we're doing, when commercials come on, I can't even just let the commercials play. We mute it. 
There's, there's moments where I'm screening every commercial because of the influence in just a few moments that there are times that I tell the kids, all right, don't look at this one. And then they just know. If you were to come to our house, you would be like, wow, that's really weird. But they'll just sort of, and then can we look now? And I'm like, yeah, you can look now. It's back to like a Reese's commercial or whatever it might be. And, but we just go with, I mean, we have to be so careful. I was reading on a website called uh, CPYU, um, I forget what it stands for, it's something about parents and youth culture, um, this week, and one of the articles that they put out this week was that Gen, Gen Z, the higher the rate of the screen time that they have, particularly with social media, there is a direct correlation with the sadness that they feel. And they were hoping that some of the numbers of the number of hours in which young people are connected to social media, and even this particular study was on the one app, uh, TikTok, that it would go down just because they're going back to school and all these things after COVID. And it's actually maintained. It's, it's about nine hours on average on TikTok a week. And they said the more that they are engaged in this social media, watching these influencers, the higher the sadness in our young people. I'm just telling you, it's not easy. What I'm suggesting is not simple. Um, and it's not easy, and it doesn't mean that it's going to be the, you know, just uh, joy and there won't be any pushback even from yourself or your spouse or anyone else that you're with, but I'm just telling you, we want to have spiritually healthy families. We must monitor. We must monitor the influences to see if they are earthly minded. But the second thing is, is that we can not only beware, it's not about not only what we don't want, but secondly, we should be intentional. We should be intentional with um, finding heavenly minded influences. I was trying to read it exactly for the note takers there. We should be intentional with finding heavenly minded influences on our home. Paul says in this passage, I am with tears telling you about those that are enemies of the cross. They are earthly minded. He goes, but our citizenship is in heaven. And at the beginning he says, Don't on, not only do I want you to follow my uh, imitate me and, and imitate my walk with Christ, but also look for other examples who follow the way. We are to be intentional. And, and I can't think of a better way to be intentional than with God's church. One of the reasons, and I am going to use an example specifically with families, with children and teenagers, but this is, this is applicable across all the spectrums, but it is really important that you put godly adult influences around your children. When, when I was st um, in student ministry, I mean, the study after study after study would come out that would say those students that were involved in church, that stayed involved with, with church and worship after high school and into college or once they went into the workforce, there's a lot of factors, and it's not as simple as this, but one of the factors every single time is that they had somewhere in the neighborhood of seven adult Christian influences in their life other than their parents and the youth pastor. 
What that means is, is that they were seeing that church is bigger than pizza in the youth room, and they were seeing that there are other people that they respect that follow Christ other than just their parents. How many of us, if not all of us who have raised children or are raising children, have had the experience of we've told our child something a thousand times and then they come back and say, well, Miss So-and-so in Sunday school today said this. Isn't that amazing? And on one hand, we're glad that they finally got it. And on the other hand, we're like, we've been telling you that for like your whole life. How are you just now? Well, thank you, Miss. But there's a beauty in the partnership where we say, like what I say to my, my daughter Zoe and Michaela, and I say, no only follow my example, don't only follow your mom's example, but I want you to look at these adults that are pouring into you. And there is such joy for me when my kids come home on a Sunday or Wednesday or from some other church exam, um, you know, time together and they say, Something like Miss Donna said, or this week Miss Tammy said, or Mr. Jerry was saying this today, and Mr. Dylan or Mr. Kyle was saying this. There is no greater joy than to see and appreciate those who are investing the gospel into my kids. And understand that's a two way street we not only are encouraging families to bring their kids but we also need those adults who will say to a bunch of kids you can follow my example when it comes to following Christ it has to be both and Um, If we don't have enough adults, then we don't get as much opportunity to pour into them because it's just crowd control, not modeling Christ in front of them as much as we'd want to. See, there is a partnership. And then there's a joy that comes from even being in a life group where, um, like for instance, in the group that our family's a part of, there are some teenagers who hang out with the kids. And when we leave life group, that's who's primarily been with my kids, and they say, well, Kayla and Richard said this or did this, or um, I love it that one of the, uh, you know, some of the other adults in that group, my kids know them. And on Sunday mornings, they'll say, I saw Mr. Scott or I saw Miss Susan or I saw Mr. Stephen. Like there is something about being intentional to make sure that there are godly, heavenly-minded influences on your household. And if you're a single person, you need a life group where there are other people. I would even say this. If you're um, a young person and you're married and you don't have kids yet or you're thinking about getting married, I would encourage you look around and say, who is someone that I admire who is a godly husband or a godly father and say, can I go have lunch with you and just pick your brain about what that looks like? Or maybe... Maybe you're older here today and you see a young person, and I'm not telling you to go and just give a total uh, unsolicited, you know, advice dump on somebody without their asking. But I am saying if you see someone, let them know you're praying for them. If they need something, you'll be there. Just letting them know that there's examples out there if they are willing to activate it. See, it's easy 
to have the earthly-minded influences come on our home. But we've got to be intentional with those that are heavenly-minded. See, if the earthly-minded, their end is destruction, Paul says that the heavenly-minded, those who are citizens of heaven, oh, they are looking forward to a day when these lowly bodies, we just sang about a few moments ago, these lowly bodies will be transformed into the likeness of the body of Christ. And as we sang a little while ago, as this current creation groans, to be renewed. It will be. It will be. And I don't know about you, but I want the homes represented that come to this place to be spiritually healthy, where they can walk in as example to each other and to the larger church and into our community. This is what following Christ with skin on looks like. And that they can be a positive influence at school, at work, in the home, in the neighborhood, in all the various activities, hobbies that we do. But at the end of the day that we know that we have households of those who are truly citizens of heaven. Spiritually healthy families. And so this year... The action step here at the bottom is I'm asking every family, every household to pray about what commitments are needed to become a more spiritually healthy family in 2024. In, in the, the pew backs in front of you, we have sort of our commitment card uh, for this month. We're, we're asking particularly members, if you're a visitor, you are welcome to participate, but you are under no obligation. But if you consider Harmony Hill to be your home because you're a member, if you've been attending for a long time, I would encourage you to take that, go ahead and take one of those cards today and begin praying about what does it look like, what commitments are necessary for my household to be spiritually healthy. And on our end, on the church end, one of the things that we're challenging our staff with this year is we're going to get Pastor Justin, who's over discipleship. We're going to get uh, Jerry with children's ministry and Kyle and, and Dylan, who with middle school and high school ministry. And we're going to get them together. And this year, one of the steps we're seeking to take is how do, not just separately, but how do we together begin to help a family of all types and stripes to become more spiritually healthy, that we are partnering with you. Because I believe this, most people that are Christian or have been Christian for a long period of time understand this responsibility. It's not really a new thing to say we need to have spiritually healthy households, we need to lead them well, we need to guard the influences. The reality is that we know what we should do, but we don't know how to do it. And I get that. I remember um, when I was in Mississippi, this is going to come as a shock to some of you, but uh, when I was in Mississippi, I made a decision I wanted to start working out. And I thought, I want to do this, but I don't really know what to do. And I, I was so, like in my mind, I just thought, I don't want to go to the gym and be on some piece of equipment. And everybody in there is like, what is that guy doing? 
And so I remember I had a, a couple of uh, uh, boys in the youth group that were graduating, and they invited me. And they invited me to come join a, a gym called Core Fitness. And that immediately, I know this is weird, but just how my mind works, immediately that became a barrier because I thought, I'm going to call to sign up, or I'm going to go in to sign up, and they're going to say, what is your name? And I'm going to say, Todd Core, and then there's going to be this whole thing about, you know, we're core fitness. Are you related to the owners? I'm going to say no. And, and that did happen. That actually, when I went, and I was like, no, that's probably silly. As soon as we had the awkward exchange, I was like, huh. Eh. And then, but I had these two boys that said, we will go with you, and we will show you what to do. And so we show, I showed up. And we walked around machine to machine, and we said, we're going to do this and this on this day. And then on the next day, I was like, well, we're doing this more than one day a week, okay? And so the next time that we get together, we're going to do this and this machine, and then you can do this. And all of a sudden, it became familiar. And if they couldn't be there on a particular day, I could go and not accidentally be doing leg exercises on an arm machine or something like that. In the same way, our church... Our church, our staff, our committed volunteers want to partner with you. And if you go, I know that I need to be doing this, but I don't know how. We want to help, just like those two boys did with me, walk you through the process. And at a particular point in time, you will look around and go, I know how to do this. Spiritually healthy families. If we're going to reach other families, we've got to start by making sure that we are moving in a direction and with skills and tools that we are spiritually healthy families. I'm going to invite Stacy and the team to come up. The last thing, just as a reminder, at the bottom of your notes, uh, there may even be a slide. What else to expect this month? Last week, we sort of made a call for spiritually healthy Leaders, those shepherds all across uh, our church family, particularly even those calling for those for that 20 to 40 group. Would you pray about that? Uh, we talked about that last week. Today, we're talking about spiritually healthy families, and I'm asking every household to just pray. What does it look like for us to take another step towards spiritual health? What you need is someone committed to being the example, to leading the way, and to monitor the influences coming into your home and to be intentional with heavenly influences. Next week, we're going to talk about spiritually healthy stewardship, and we'll, uh, we're going to ask the church, uh, our membership, to fast between that Sunday and the fourth Sunday. And then the fourth Sunday, the last Sunday this month, we're going to have a time of commitment where we're going to ask for those cards that you would fill those out as you feel led to do so um, and bring them forward. And I am really excited. We spent some time planning that service uh, this past week, and I think it is going to be a really meaningful time individually as households and as a church family. And so I am looking forward to the next couple of weeks. Let me uh, pray for us. Then we're going to have just a time of, um, of, of where you can respond either by praying or just offering praise to our heavenly Father who is the example of what a godly Father is that we all emulate and then we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word that gives us warning about where we should not follow, where we are not allowing those who are enemies of the cross to be an influence on our household. 
But God, may we be intentional. May we, may we be examples to others in this church. And may we put examples in front of us that we know what it looks like to follow you in every stage and season of life. God, we submit this time of worship and response to you. May, may you be with our church family as we pray over these things. It's in Christ's name, amen.